0: Hello, you're listening to Insight Says, a podcast about mental health and counseling. I'm your host, Keira Deneen, and this month's podcast topic is, what does depression look like in teens? What can parents do? For this discussion, I'm joined by the owner and director of Insight Counseling in Richfield, Connecticut, Liz Jorgensen. Some background information about Liz if you're not familiar with her. She has 30 years of experience as a psychotherapist specializing in adolescent psychotherapy and substance abuse counseling. She's a nationally recognized expert in substance abuse counseling, engaging resistant teens, and motivating them to change. She's also a consultant to independent schools and agencies, and is a popular speaker on parenting preteens and teenagers. She's presented nationally, including at Harvard University and Dartmouth College. She's also a recipient of a congressional award for her work as an educator and community prevention activist. Liz worked for 18 years at Danbury Hospital in Connecticut, where she helped develop all the adolescent substance abuse and dual diagnosis programs. Liz is a gifted speaker, and her parenting programs routinely receive outstanding reviews, and I think her skills come through very well during this discussion. So I'm sitting here with Liz Jorgensen from Insight Counseling, and we're gonna talk a little bit about what depression looks like in teens and what parents can do about it and things to look out for. Um, so, what advice do you have for parents?
1: Well, one thing that I think is really important to know is the unfortunately, um, within the past, this has been true for about a decade in Connecticut, the rate of depression among teenagers is sometimes up to a third Which
0: by the time they're
1: twenty-four, and it do, and you know it varies, it goes up and down, and it doesn't mean the worst type of depression. There's it's, a spectrum of depression. spectrum is that how of depression. It works? Yeah. I'm going to talk about that briefly, but um, so you got to have a bit of a high index of suspicion and in my own biological family there's a there are certain types of depression that are biologically predisposed and we have that in our family so i was watching very carefully for my kids so it is not that uncommon now thank goodness the most severe kind of depression which is called major depressive disorder severe that's usually where people can have like suicidal thoughts or or um or attempt suicide, make suicide attempts is, is relatively rare. It's, it's, it's very, relatively rare. But So what I want to talk about is the beginning symptoms of depression and how the manifestation in teenagers often is different than in an adults. And, um, for girls and boys, um, and every, when I'm saying these things, of course, it's generalizations based on every child's temperament is different, right? but in general irritability is one of the hallmark symptoms of depression in adolescence now that's hard to tell sometimes one of our previous podcasts we were just talking about how all teenagers will roll their eyes and be grumpy and whatever irritability is a little bit different it's when a child will snap or react intensely to almost any request
0: so these are more extreme than just your average teenager kind of rolling the eyes and
1: so and the way it's perceived often as the person so once the teenager is depressed they almost hear everything as a criticism or they're so exhausted and stressed out and sad that just the normal request say a parent's like oh you need to clean your room that'll feel like overwhelming so they'll like snap right And in fact, I use an analogy that most teenagers will nod their head while they're crying in my office. I'm like, oh, does it feel to you like your nerves are stretched like a rubber band between two fingers and you're just ready to snap? And they're like, yes, that's why I don't mean to snap. So I want parents to have a high index of suspicion if your child's very irritable. And the reason that's really important is most parents will take that as the kid being ornery, right? Or being um, defiant. And it could really worsen the depression if the parent then reacts as if that. And there's a great parenting um, teacher, advocate her name is Bonnie Harris, and she talks about for all ages of children when they when they're showing distressing behavior, a wise parent says, my child is having a problem. They're not being a problem.
0: That's really important language yes. to have in your mind so that yes. kids don't feel like, oh, I'm such a burden. I'm such an exactly. issue. It's they've got something going on that you right. want to intervene and help with.
1: And very few kids, when they're especially when they're beginning to be depressed, understand that it's depression. They don't understand why they feel more sad, why they have less energy, why they're not maybe the grades are tanking and a it can overlap bit. with yeah. puberty
0: when we're talking about teens Absolutely. and hormones are already kind of adjusting and these can really affect them in ways that they're yeah. not sure what's going on as you said
1: right and some things are obvious indicators that parents have to be paying attention like say there's a divorce going on or say a sudden death of a grandparent um, and i say that usually teenagers won't get depressed if a grandparent's been sick for a long period of time and they get a a perspective, you know, that they are going to pass. Same thing, a sudden death of a parent, you know, a child could really become severely depressed from that. Sometimes it's just a grief reaction. So some things are no brainers, but some things are more subtle. And a child, I mean, one of the worst things about adolescence for all of us is we, we start to realize the truth about human nature, like the good things, but also like, oh, the adults don't really know what's going on and you, know you start I mean? realizing like,
0: things in your parents like oh they're not exactly the types of heroes i thought they were as yeah kids. because you start they're to humans see their faults right so you more. start
1: to feel like oh maybe i you know things that i believed in before i don't believe in so much or whatever the world's not sugarcoated anymore exactly and and that's okay because that's a necessary part in not having a delusional worldview like to eventually take you know control of your life and be an independent adult but some children with very sensitive temperaments the first time they're betrayed by a good friend that could be enough of a risk factor if they already have like the biological risk in the family to be devastating now eventually they'll know how to react if somebody betrays them it's never pleasant it's heartbreaking when we're adults but we know we'll survive it when we're an adult the thing about teens and depression is a a severe disappointment of a friend say you know or a boyfriend or girlfriend dumping them suddenly when you know and hooking up with their good friend like That could be enough to push that child into severe depression. And possibly
0: their first experience of something like that. Yes. So they haven't had that previous experience to say, well, I've gotten through things like this before. Yes. This is the first. So they're like, well, what's life like? And they have no
1: idea that they'll feel better. And sometimes well meaning parents will say things like, and I cringe even saying this because I understand well meaning parents will be like, oh, you'll have three or four other boyfriends before you find the one while they're that, on that's their bed great. sobbing and like the parent means well but do you know what i mean like yeah the when worst you hear that you're say. like oh so i've got to go through this three yeah, or yeah, four more yeah, times yeah, yeah. or parents feel like they say like well we didn't want to tell you but we really didn't like that girlfriend she wasn't good for you meanwhile they're sobbing you know and believe me i've been there i've been there with this you know six foot plus boy sobbing at a breakup and you know the tender heart a teenager still a child they have a very tender heart you know and but what's the difference between sadness and depression it's, it's the impact on functioning, right? So the child suddenly is not able to get along with people, suddenly withdraws and doesn't really want to interact with friends. Um, suddenly they're slamming the door and irritable all the time, not just a l- little bit. Um, where things become a pattern you're yes, seeing. That academically right. they may be struggling a little struggling, bit more than before. Or like where before, maybe, maybe they were not like the best student in the world, but they were very responsible. All of a sudden they're dropping balls and they're not getting work done and they're like just blowing things off um also um you really need to look at substance abuse not that the substance use means that they have an addiction problem or anything but a lot of teenagers the fact that we have a ubiquitous availability of weed and vaping materials and stuff like that you'll all of a sudden see a kid who's already changed moods and then you'll see like oh maybe you catch them with weed maybe you catch them with alcohol and often kids in our office here will say like yeah, I was just depressed for months. I didn't really know I was depressed. And then every time I smoked weed, I felt better for like a day. Um, and the other thing is it, it's it, you as a parent have the right to say to your child, I'm really worried. You just don't seem like yourself. Like, let's go talk to your pediatrician. You know, that's an easy way to start. Cause I know I understand. Obviously I'm a therapist. So I work with dedicated people. Everybody here has like 25, 30 years experience. Easy for me to say, Oh, bring your kid in for an evaluation and just to see. I know that's hard, but the pediatrician is a good place to start because usually because
0: it's someone that they're familiar with, so mm-hmm. it's not a new environment and it can kind of be a gateway to then come somewhere like here to exactly. get further. Because what we
1: found, like if a pediatrician hands a business card and says, Look, please get over there to Insight or please go to this therapist, whatever, usually the child will listen if the doctor says it, right? Um, but I always say to parents, the, the only downside to making your kid go to the pediatrician or an evaluation is saying, oh, I'm sorry that we overreacted. I, I, I was wrong. I thought something, you know, I thought you might have depression or I thought you might have anxiety. Oh, another thing. Sometimes anxiety in children and teenagers can then turn into depression. So a child who's been fairly high functioning but very anxious their whole life, then you throw all the complications of adolescence on top of that. And let's. I'm just going to say we're in a toxic culture right now. Where teenagers, and especially girls, are expected to be. But boys too. You can't just have, like, excellent grades. You have to be an athlete. You have to be, like, pumping that resume for college. You have to, like, make yourself attractive make to Make sure recruiters. that you're studying for the SATs and the Oy ACTs vey, now. And it's too it's a much. Lot of pressure. And, and I always bring up this example between, so my our oldest child is 32. We have four kids. The youngest is 20. Between the two kind of half generations of kids going through high school, the pressure quadrupled maybe it's tenfold. that race to nowhere
0: that people are yes to.
1: and that does have an effect on the teenage psyche and even if you are i learned this the hard way we were very low-key with our kids except for issues of character and obviously they had to get their schoolwork done but i never said to my kids like you have to get straight a's you got to get a scholarship whatever but they kind of took on or two in my four took on the pressure and the stress around them from all the kids that were being
0: yeah so it's not necessarily even yeah. you know as you're saying like if you're a parent that is more just you know let's just try the best you can and see what happens and i'm proud of you for doing that there's other external factors that are really rubbing off on them to say yes. oh well all my friends are getting these grades or yes. i'm hearing it from my teachers i'm hearing it from my coach yes.
1: And, and I hate to say this, certain schools' cultures are much more stressful than others. And Very true. And we, we treat kids from all areas in Fairfield County, like, I mean, probably not all the way up County to, like, New Milford, but, like, definitely oh. down County to, like, Darien, New Canaan, whatever. Different school systems are different. Some are more focused on the whole well-being of the child, and some are more, like, on the test and on the you know the achievement and on the whatever and all the kids are pushed to take SATs you know four or five times or whatever and you know that does have an effect on the child so that's a really good point that you make sometimes parenting can inoculate from stress and anxiety and anybody who's anxious long enough the nervous system gets poisoned by cortisol so what causes depression in essence it is not enough Serotonin, not enough norepinephrine, and not enough dopamine available. It's at those three the neurotransmitters synapse, that right. are the top. So you can get there in many ways. You can get there from prolonged family stress. You can get there from the prolonged illness of a family member. You can get there from um, sleep deprivation, which is an issue that we see. I personally think the rate of depression is so high with teenagers, except for the group that's gone through like traumatic things and, you know, maybe a, a contentious divorce or stuff like that. So many of the kids here that come here, we do a sleep hygiene. We do an evaluation of all their medical like, yeah. things. Some of the kids are only like getting four or five hours sleep a night so they can do their three that. APs and do this and do that. And we're like, no, this kid needs to sleep. Like and the I think hu- yeah. all
0: people can ex- like speak to nights that you've gotten that many hours of sleep, four or five hours. You find the next day you kind of are like a little, that tired and sad, start overlapping. Yes. You there have no you energy. Oh, when, you you're, when you're happy, you kind of got that extra pep and in your
1: step. You can get your stuff done. So when imagine feeling it's, like that yeah. every day. Every day. And it's actually toxic to the brain. The only form of torture that is allowed in the geneva conventions is sleep deprivation okay i'm not saying it's good but because after several days of interrupted sleep and no sleep a, a navy seal will start hallucinating and losing their mind like we have to let these kids sleep so it's fairly complicated all the reasons that it you know it can be but i would say to parents like you know your child very well and if something's not right well first of all if your child is giving you a problem with attitude and irritability, sadness. And I, this kind of goes without saying, but I have to say it. If your child ever remotely says anything about suicide, you have to have them evaluated. That's like major red flag, R- major no red matter flag. what. Even if they take it back. And I have had kids say, they'll blurt in the middle of a fight with their parents. Like, if you don't let me do this, I want to kill myself. I, let me just say something. I've had kids that say that that didn't intend to kill themselves, but I've never had a kid say that did, didn't did have severe psychological distress. It's just it's not something. It's a very, very extreme statement. It's probably a, one of yes, the most extreme exactly. statements to say. So, And, of course, as a parent, if your kid takes it back and says, I didn't mean that, most of us would just be like, oh, my God, thank God. But you still have to have that child evaluated. like I said, start at the pediatrician. Pediatricians always know. Where, so wherever you're hearing this podcast, let me tell you who knows the best. Resources usually for mental health evaluations and and for teenagers are pediatricians. They're like in the know. They're our favorite people at Insight. They send you know so many patients here just because they know like who's an expert with teens, who's an expert with kids. Um, and as a parent, go with your gut because in the rare occasion, one in several hundred, that you've overreacted and brought your kid into an evaluation. You could always say, I'm so sorry, whatever. But hey, now we know who we're going to go back to. That person was really great. I really liked them. So if you ever and have a problem in the future, we're going to go back to see yeah. Kristen Denine. She was awesome. So this, this is what you have to do as a parent. And almost, all I mean, really almost without exception. The kid comes in, and it's the tip of the iceberg that the parent has observed. And in that
0: case where um, a a child didn't mean to say that, they know how important it is that that statement has a lot of weight to it. So if that ends up being the message at the end of the day, that's still going to be um, a positive thing for them to learn.
1: That's exactly right. And the only reason I bring that up specifically is I've had parents sobbing in my office after the child finally gets hospitalized or we intervene after an attempt and the parents will say, "Oh my God! Six, seven months ago, he said in a fight that he wanted to kill himself." And how? Then I believed him that he didn't mean it. I said, "Okay, just forgive yourself." But exactly what you said, Kira, we're never going to take those words. You know, it's always serious. We yeah. always have to to look at that, and, and that look, goes for yeah.
0: other kids too, even yes. if it's not your own kids. Yes, absolutely. And Anyone. you know what?
1: Risk a friendship. It's It's worth it. I've been in that situation in high
0: school and college of someone saying that. And, you know, it's like, and it's good to know that sometimes your kids are in that situation with friends. So, you know, it goes beyond just your parent-child relationship. You know
1: That's a really good point. I think if you ask me what's the most toxic thing about the American culture right now is we do not have the sense of community that all of the adults together... Have more expertise, more caring, more awareness than all of the teenagers. Many parents will take it like offensively if you say, "Oh, you know, I I caught the kids all drinking at my house. Oh, not my son. Oh, or oh, I'm so worried. My child told me that your child was suicidal. Like with one of my children, there was an intervention where I believe if my daughter hadn't told me, actually she went to the school guidance counselor first the day of it yeah. that she heard As it. Thank you God. Should. And then told me, and really, I think that saved her friend's life. You know, that's how powerful it is. So if, if you ever get the message, like, through your child that someone else, that one of their friends has said it, uh, I mean, I personally think it's a moral imperative that you have to tell that other parent. It and is. I mean, and most of the time the parents are just, like, shocked. Right. But it's just, and I always think golden rule, wouldn't you want and someone that's, to and call you? And you can start you? the
0: conversation by saying, you know, if I was you know, if this was my child, I would want someone like you to tell me this and then go into what you're saying because it it puts a different frame on the conversation. No, exactly.
1: So, So parents, depression isn't rare, unfortunately. Most of the time, if your child has some of the symptoms that I talked about in the beginning, it's going to be mild depression. Sometimes it's as simple as there's too much on their plate and they're sleep deprived. But sometimes it's an indication of a very serious problem that needs professional help. And you really can't overreact. You, you got to do what you got to do. And most of the time your child will thank you and be glad that you like went forward and got an evaluation of some type, even if you just start with the pediatrician, which is a wonderful way to start.
0: Yeah, I think that's fantastic advice and thank you for sitting down and kind of exploring this with us. There's more information on the website, insightcounselingllc.com, and we'll include anything we mentioned in today's episode in the show notes for this podcast. So that's thanks great. again. Thank you. For more information about Liz Jorgensen and Insight Counseling, head over to insightcounselingllc.com. Again, that's insightcounselingllc.com. Dot com. You can also request appointment to info at insightcounselingllc.com. That's info at Thanks for listening and join us next month to learn and discover more about mental health.